Hallelujah. Well, I'm just going to take a few minutes. We're going to we're going to jump into the Word of God here a little bit more. Uh, so, if you want to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter six, Matthew chapter six and verse nine, we've been talking about the kingdom of God. Last uh, few weeks and didn't didn't get to preach last week and getting pretty nervous there right now. <laughs> Not really, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna look at one portion here. We've been talking about the kingdom of God, and so you know the kingdom of God is amazing. Like uh, one of the what we've been singing about today, one of the marks of the kingdom, of course, is God's love. You know, that the kingdom of God is just saturated, it's just drenched, it's just, it's just like covered in the love of God. That's how you can always tell if someone is operating, you know, if they're living out of the kingdom life, if they're living like a, like a, a son or a daughter of the king, is, is if there's love. What did Jesus say? Hey, they'll know, they'll know you're my disciples by one thing. They won't know it by how loud you worship. They won't know it if you raise your hands when you sing or dance. They won't know it if you can quote the scriptures. They says, it says they will know you by your love. They'll recognize you. And I believe that's because it's, it's a recognition of Father God. It's a recognition of the Father's heart. You know, that's where when we've been going through the, the Lord's Prayer, what is traditionally called the Lord's Prayer, but what I like to call the Kingdom Prayer. Because it's a prayer about the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, this is how you pray, our Father. So the kingdom starts with the Father. It doesn't start with one who's a king. It doesn't start with one who's far off. It doesn't start with just someone up in heaven who has amazing power. No, it starts one who is all those things, yet has the heart of a father that he loves. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. It starts with humbling ourselves, with humility, with submission, with placing ourselves under God's authority, that if we're going to walk in the kingdom, we have to be under His authority. And so anything in our life that's out of line with what, what God's authority is, then we're not, we're not walking in the kingdom. We are on our own now. We have, we have stepped away from, from His desire for our lives, and it also has to do with worship. Hallowed is basically holy uh, holy is your name, that uh, the kingdom life is a life of worship. You know, we get, we, we were, we're watching a video study on Wednesday night called Hosting the Presence. It's a teaching study by uh, a gentleman named Bill Johnson. He's a pastor and leader uh, in uh, Redding, California at Bethel Church. And uh, he talked about the privilege that we have that we get to minister unto the Lord. You know, isn't it amazing that, that we, can, we can actually give something to God, that we can, we can actually offer Him something, that He even wants to receive something from us? I mean, that's, that's just awesome that I get to minister unto God. I get to, to share with Him. How do I do that with my worship, with, my, with honoring Him, with just blessing Him? I get to, to minister to the Lord that one of the greatest callings of me as a, as a child of the King, as, a, as one who is in the royal priesthood, who's been called out of darkness into His wonderful light, is to minister unto God. It was just a great reminder that it starts with me and Him. It starts with me and Him. All the other stuff flows out of that. What did Jesus say in John chapter 5? Uh, 
Jesus said the son can do nothing on his own. He can only do what the father is saying to him. Jesus, could Jesus do that before he was on earth? Yeah, he could because he's God. But on earth, he kind of submitted himself. He became a human being, 100% God and 100% man. And he submitted himself to the father's will to live in obedience and give us an example of how to live. We talked about that earlier. He was baptized. He did all these things to show us, hey, this is what humanity looks like. This is what a human is. This is, this is what humans look like. So if you want to know what a human is supposed to look like, you look at Jesus. That's, that's what humans are supposed to look like. Don't watch the news. Don't get on social media. Don't look at all kinds of other stuff that you've got all this crazy stuff going on and you can go, oh, that... No, that's not humanity. That's not, that's not the way God created it. That's fallen humanity. That's brokenness. That is, that is what needs to be, we need to be redeemed from. That's why we need to be saved. We need to be brought out of it. But that's not what being human is. Being human is what Jesus demonstrated because He was walking as we were meant to live and walk. And so He said... Hallowed be your name. You know, we want the name of Jesus to be recognized as holy. You know, when something's hallowed, you know, you just, you just, you honor it. You, you, you know, it's like got a special place. We talked about, you know, you got something in your house that's special, whatever it is to you. Uh, for me, I've got some letters I wrote to my wife that, uh, I know she should have them, but I've got them. Um, <laughs> right? Isn't that weird? Um, they're, they're, in, they're in the safe. They're in the fireproof safe. Because um, I'm saving them for her, just in case she needs them. But, you know, they're the, <laughs> they're the letters that I wrote to her uh, on the night I asked her to marry me. And so I wrote all these letters out, and they're, they're in this little box, and it's, you know, in this little safe. And, uh, you know, I put them in there. I didn't know she knows that. Was she here when I talked about that? I don't remember if she was in the service. So, uh, but, you know, you, something that's, that's like hallowed to me, that's like, oh, man, that was a holy moment right there. And so I'm gonna, I want to protect that. I want to honor that. Uh, and so it's the same way. You know, we want to have the name of Jesus, the name of the Lord, just be, be honored. Like that's, it's the most sacred place in our lives. That's, that's how you live in the kingdom. And so let's read that scripture. We're going to read the kingdom prayer. It says Matthew 6 and verse 9. Holy Spirit, open the word as we read it. This is then how you should pray. Jesus says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors or sins or trespasses, you've heard it that way. And lead us not into temptation, but to deliver us from the evil one. And the tagline there is, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so right here is the kingdom prayer. We've started, we've started with the heart of the Father. We've gone to the worship and the submission and the humility and the honor and, and, and the lifting up of His name. And then now it moves to something else. Notice, notice in Jesus' prayer that asking hasn't happened yet. You know, our prayers, we start with asking. We start, oh God, I need this. Oh Lord, I need this. Lord, I want this. Lord, I desire this. But in the way Jesus taught us to pray, you don't get there for a while. 
You start with his heart. You start with connection with him. You start with submitting yourself and every, to his, his desires, his plan. You start with worship and honoring his name. And then what does it say? It begins, it doesn't ask yet, it makes a declaration. This is a declaration. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Part of being in the kingdom is understanding that when I declare something, it matters. As a son or daughter of the king, when I say something, what I say is important. Because I've been lifted to a place of importance because of him. Not because of who I am, but because of who he is and what he has done. It says, if you're a child of God, that you are now seated with the heavenly realms next to Jesus. In the place, he is in the place of all authority. You're sitting right next to him. When you're sitting that close to a king, what you say matters. What you declare matters. And so Jesus is giving an important aspect or dimension of prayer, saying you get to declare things. There's a man who did this. I want you to, if you have your Bible, you can turn to James chapter 5. Uh, James chapter 5 and verse 17. And we're going to look at a man who, who used the, de- the power of declaration in the Scriptures. This part of the kingdom is, is learning to use our authority in the kingdom to declare heaven to be released to earth. James 5 and 17 says, Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again he prayed And the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. You know, we tend to put people in the Bible up on a pedestal. Have you ever done... You Think of of your favorite character in the Bible besides Jesus, okay? Who is it? Who's your favorite? Somebody say it out. Peter. Peter. Esther. Joseph. 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 He's awesome. I like that one. Okay. Mark. So there's, there's all kinds of people in the Bible. You might say Moses, Abraham, you know, Elijah or Elisha, one of the amazing prophets, whatever. You know, and we tend to, we put them up to a special place, right? Because that's, they're in the Bible, <laughs> right? But here, the scripture makes a great distinction for us because it says, Elijah was a human just like us. So there was nothing special about Elijah in himself. Everything that Elijah did that was miraculous, that was powerful, that was supernatural, was because of God's Spirit upon him. And so, here's the deal. We get to walk in the same anointing as Elijah did. Because he's a human just like us. He's saying, look, you don't have to limit yourself. See, the opposite, there's, there's two sides of, of being prideful. One is thinking too much of yourself. We're pretty familiar with that, right? When you kind of got it all, yeah. That's me, baby. (laughs) Look at that. (laughs) Okay, we all know that, but there's another kind of pride. It's called weak pride. In other words, it's thinking too little of yourself. Jesus thought enough of me that he said, I'm worth the blood of, 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 of himself to give for me. So I'm valuable, I am special. I, I, have, I am loved. 
I am worth it. I'm worth it. Jesus has already declared me worthy by his actions. He has demonstrated that I am worthy of his love. And if I'm worthy of his love, and he's declared me worthy to be one of his children, and he's declared me worthy to sit next to him in heaven, then I am worthy to declare things that he wants to declare to release from heaven to earth. So Elijah was a human just like us. This is taken from the story uh, when, he declared, when, when Elijah says uh, in 1 Kings 17, let me read it for you. It says, Now Elijah the Tish, Tishbite was from Tishbe in Gilead, and he said to Ahab, he was an evil king. Listen to this. Listen, he doesn't ask God for anything here. He says, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. And that's what James 5 is referencing. It is referencing when Elijah... Does it say that Elijah asked God to stop the rain? No. It wasn't a trick question. It doesn't say that Elijah said, Oh God, stop the rain. No, it said, Elijah said, Right now, I'm declaring right now, it's not going to rain anymore. And it won't rain again until I give the word. That is the power of declaration in the kingdom. Elijah was demonstrating that for us. He was, I know he's Old Testament. He's a, he's a picture. All the guys in the Old Testament who are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit to me are a picture of a child of God walking in the fullness of the Spirit. And so Elijah was a human being just like us. Elijah did all kinds of amazing miracles. He had all kinds of amazing stuff happen. And I don't want to put Elijah up here and say, I could never get there because Elijah also made a whole bunch of mistakes just like you and me. You know, right after this, Elijah has his the, kind of the high point, the, 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 the amazing point of his life. is like he challenges all the idol worshipers to a duel. I mean, it's like, a, this is like in the Old West, it would have been, let's do a shootout, you know? It's like he says, hey, guess what? We're going we're gonna to see whose God is real. I mean, talk about, you know, throwing it out there and, you know, putting it all on the line. Elijah says, okay. They were worshiping a god they called Baal. It was a statue, but there was all kinds of wicked stuff that went on with, with that. I won't get into that too much, but just that was bad. And the people of God, the people of Israel, were following it because their leader, their king, was evil, as well as his wife, whose name was Jezebel. And so, that's why we don't name our kids that name. Okay? And so, you don't, don't pick all the Bible names, right? So... <laughs> Um, so you got Ahab and Jezebel, and so it says that the whole, all the people were led astray, and they're, they're worshiping Baal, or Baal, as it traditionally is said in church. And so Elijah is speaking the truth. He always, Elijah has always shown up to the king and basically saying, you're sinning, you're wrong, you need to turn back to God. And the king kind of gets tired of Elijah, Elijah, excuse me, he's saying all this stuff, and then Elijah shows up and says, guess what, it's not going to rain anymore. And so there's no, there begins to be a drought for a long time, they haven't had water. We're starting to relate to that. I think I preached on this the last time we had a drought, maybe. So maybe it's going to start raining again. Amen. So Elijah says, let's have a contest. We're just going to pray and who, whichever God sends fire from heaven is the real God. I mean, we're not, you know, this is not something where you can make this up, right? He's not just, you know, he's laying it all on the line. And so 
There's 450 prophets of Baal. There's 450 of them. And they start dancing around the altar and calling on Baal. And then Elijah does it. It's amazing. I love the story. I love this historical account of what really happened. Because it says that Elijah began to kind of make fun of him. Hey, maybe Baal's asleep. You need to shout louder. Hey, he might be in the bathroom. I mean, it really says that in the Bible. It does say that. First Kings 8, 18. And so you can look it up and check me later. But so Elijah starts teasing them, says, Oh, he, he, you know, surely he can hear you. Surely Baal can hear you. And they start doing some crazy stuff. They're cutting themselves. They're, they're doing all kinds of demonic rituals, basically. And nothing happens. Nothing happens. And they go on for quite a while. So then it says Elijah does something. He says he repairs the altar of the Lord. He goes and puts everything back the way it's supposed to be. Because everything had been, you know, not the way it was supposed to be. And so he builds it back up. And then he says this. He does something amazing. There's no water. Remember, it's a drought. He says, hey, we're going to dump a bunch of water on this thing. So he says, bring me the buckets of water. So they're bringing them buckets and buckets of water. And it says that the water fills up a trench around, around the... There was an animal on top as a sacrifice. And then it says Elijah prays. And something amazing happens. Heaven comes to earth. It says fire came down from heaven. And consumed the sacrifice the altar, the rocks, the water, everything. Just Then it says all the people shouted, the Lord is the real God. (laughs) Yeah? You'd hope so, right? (laughs) What's it going to take, huh? And so, you know, the the amazing moment, and so, you know, the the people begin to turn back. Now it says Ahab still does not turn back. Jezebel does still not turn back. But there is a, a turning back of, of the nation. And Elijah, you know, runs from there. Uh, the rain does come after that. He goes and checks and as a servant look for the cloud. And so then the rain begins to fall. He says, hey, Ahab, it's going to start raining. You notice he said, at my word, my declaration, when I speak the word, it's going to happen. Sometimes we ask too much and we don't declare enough. You know, when Jesus was praying for people to be healed, He usually didn't ask that they be healed. He commanded it. He declared it. He used His authority. See, this is where... This is where it, it gets right because when we place ourselves under God's authority, we have to first be in that place. Because this is not, this is not a freelance, uh, you know... This is not a do things on your own thing where I just get to do whatever I want. Elijah wasn't just deciding to say, guess what I want? I'm going to do something crazy today. I'm going to make it stop raining just because. No, the Lord had told him something. God had spoken to him. This was the desire and the will of heaven. He was connected with God. And so he knew this was what needed to be, be done. And so when he knew what the will of God was, he was able to declare it. That brings us to a great point. We must understand the will of God if we're going to declare the kingdom of God. Ephesians 5 and 18 says this, Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. 
Now, I want you to put on, put on your no condemnation hat right now, okay? Can you all put that on? Okay, no condemnation. If you're in Christ Jesus, if you've given your heart to, to Jesus, there's no condemnation. You can get conviction right now, but not condemnation. How many times have I heard Christians praying, Oh God, if it's your will. Oh, do this if it's your will, God. Well, here's the deal. You're supposed to know that. It says, don't be foolish. Understand what the Lord's will is. You're supposed to know what His will is. That way, when you pray, you're praying with faith. You're declaring with faith. You're doing it because you know this is what heaven wants to do. How can I make a declaration of let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? I can't make that declaration if I don't know what the will of God is. How do I get the will of God? I'm connected to the Father's heart. When I am connected to Him, He shares His desires. What is somebody's will? That's what they want. It's their desires. When you get to know someone, you know what they desire. I know what my wife likes to eat. I know what she likes to do. I know the things that she enjoys. I know some of her desires. The more I get to know her, the more I... I, Oh! Sometimes you discover things, you're married for a while, and you like, right? Anybody else there? If you're not there yet, come Friday and Saturday. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, it's like you, you discover more and more and more as you get to know someone. It's the same way with our Father. I get to know Him more and more, and I get to know His will. Now, here's the deal. Again, you have the no condemnation hat. It's like, oh, man, that's, that's the way I always pray. Okay, well, let's just, let's just now you have the knowledge. Ask God, hey, show me your will. Begin to show me more of what your desire is. Because when you know that God wants to do something, it's amazing how much bolder you pray. If you're not sure if, if, if you're not sure if you're, when you're praying for someone, for healing, for example, if you're like, I don't know if God wants to do it. Well, if you don't know if God wants to do it, you're pretty unsure of how's your prayer going to do anything. I have to pray with faith. Faith, what is faith ultimately? Man, it's a trust, it's a heart connection with God where I trust Him. I trust that what everything He says and everything He's saying to me is true. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, I've, I've preached a message similar to this, well, before, okay? You know, I only have 10 years worth of sermons. So now that we're in the second 10 years, we're just repeating them all, okay, people? <laughs> Those of you that have been here the whole time, you're like, oh man... Those of you who just started, you're like, oh, man, it's, it's all fresh to you, okay? So I've preached on this one time before, and there's a couple in, our, in this very church who was only here for a brief time. They were, they were here for a while, and then they moved, moved back out of town or whatever. Um, but they were riding in a car together. It was, it was the week after I preached a similar message about the power of declaration. And as they were driving along, this woman says she looked over at her husband, and he looked like he was... He was blanking out. And she knew right away. She knew right away. She's like, he's having a stroke. And you know what she did? She began to declare. She didn't ask God. She began to declare life over him. She began to declare it. She spoke it, right? Boom. And in that moment, right in there, while they were driving down the road, he came out of it. See, we can get a hold of this and understand the power of declaration 
in the will of God. It has to be in the will of God because I want it to be on earth as it is in heaven. If I declare something that's not God's will, it's not in heaven. <laughs> God doesn't, there's certain things that He doesn't want to release. There's certain things that God doesn't want more of. And so He's, he's not going to release that. Uh, have you ever wondered why some of your prayers don't get answered? Because they're not the best thing for you. You know, think about it as a, as a little kid. You know, you sometimes, as, as a, like an elementary school kid, you like get a teacher that you really love, like you're just like infatuated with her, in just like an innocent way, like a, pure, a totally pure way. But you think, man, I just wish I could marry my teacher. Right? But thank the Lord that he didn't answer those prayers, right? I mean, the teacher's thanking you too, but thanking him too, but... You know, there's, there's some things we pray and it's, you know, we pray with the knowledge we have. We, we're praying in ignorance and God just says, you don't need that right now. Because it can't come from heaven to earth if it's not God's will. It has to be on earth as it is in heaven. We, focus, we mentioned last week, and I just want to mention it again in, in Matthew chapter 8. Uh, you know, this is where we talk, this is the part of prayer where it's authority. This is authoritative prayer, where you're just declaring things to happen. There's sometimes in prayer where you need to stop asking. You know, there's four, there's four aspects to prayer. Asking, seeking, knocking, and declaration. That's what I believe. Four, there's, there's many parts of prayer. There's thanksgiving as well. But in terms of the thing where, where something is being answered, we're not just praising God. Most of us, Stay in the ask zone. We limit prayer to the ask zone. You know, there's all, the seek part of prayer is this, just getting to know Him. Seek and you will find. In other words, you're not, yeah, that's about where you have revelation. That's where you have just the unlocking of who God is, where you get to know Him better. It's not about getting some from Him. It's not about Him answering something. It's not about releasing something on earth. It's just about that heart-to-heart connection. Seek and you will find. You got the knocking prayer, man. Knock. You're, you're seeking direction. You know, knock and the door will be open for you. It says that whatever doors God opens, that no one else can shut them. And whatever doors He shuts, that no one else can, can open them. And so I'm just going to, I want to go through the doors that He's opening. But most of us stay in the ask zone when we're praying. It's all about what I want. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's a part of prayer. It's good. It's just don't limit yourself to only asking for things in prayer. Seek in prayer. Knock in prayer. And declare in prayer. In Matthew chapter 8, it talks about the centurion, we mentioned him last week, who comes to Jesus and uh, says, please heal my servant. And, the, and Jesus says, I'll go do it. And the man says, no, 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 no. I'm not even worthy to have you come into my house. Just say the word. For I am a man under authority. I tell my soldiers go and they go. And this one come and he comes. And Jesus is amazed. It says Jesus was amazed at his faith and says go. It will be done to you as you believed. Because the man understood authority. So he knew that all Jesus had to do was say the word. If Jesus has all authority, what did he, when Jesus left the earth, what did He say? All authority on heaven and on earth has been given unto Me, therefore go and make disciples. 
So who has all authority? Jesus. Who has no authority? The devil. Just a good reminder. <laughs> he de- the devil does not have authority. Sometimes in spirit-filled churches, we end up giving too much to the devil. We talk about him so much that we're like, no, he doesn't have any authority. He can only gain access or anything in our lives by those who have authority. The children of God, it says, have been entrusted with the authority of God. And so if I start believing lies, if I start walking in darkness in any way, I am releasing my authority. I'm stepping out from under the authority of God into someone else and using my authority for something else that it's not intended for. And so it's important as we learn to declare and and release our words and speak things as we're doing today to understand that I've got to keep myself under God's authority. Is this just like the centurion? He had great faith because he was a man under authority so he could operate in his authority. And I believe that was a, a picture of what happens uh, in, the, in the spiritual realm too. There is a, there's an old song. It's old now. Uh, written by Jack Hayford, Pastor Jack Hayford. Uh, he's actually a four-square pastor. If you're unfamiliar, you may have heard the name. Um, he's now retired. His wife has just passed on and gone to be with the Lord. Uh, but he's still, he's still going strong. He meets with our president of Foursquare sometimes for breakfast. We, I see pictures on Facebook. Our president is on Facebook all the time, I guess. So he just posts what's going on, love, love his stuff. Um, but Jack Hayford wrote a song a lot, lot of years ago. It's probably his most famous song called Majesty. So if you're old, you remember the song. <laughs> Sorry. I remember it too. So it came out when I was like, you know, zero. Um, <laughs> So what Majesty, is? it's an amazing song. The, the lyrics are so uh, just poignant. They're just, they're just, they're just, they're powerful. Um, this is what it says. Majesty. Kingdom authority. Flows from His throne unto His own. His anthem rays. And I, I, got, I was like, uh, you know, as a kid, I sang that song as a kid growing up. Actually, didn't like the song, you know. Didn't really didn't like the melody. It was kind of one of those, ah, I don't really like that song, okay. Um, but as I've gotten a little bit of, of wisdom and age under my belt, I've looked back at that song going, wow, I know why that song caught on all over the place. I don't believe it was the melody, although it's a fine melody, whatever. I mean, it's, it's a song. Uh, I don't think it's the music. I don't think it's anything. I think it's the message. It's the message, first of all, that Jesus, you know, we're addressing a king, majesty. You know, we don't use that terminology in the United States. Uh, Of course, this song went all over the world where they might understand it more in other countries where they have royalty and kings and queens and stuff like that. But it was like majesty. But then there's the kingdom authority. And I love this. Flows from his throne unto his own. I'm his own. So the kingdom authority flows from his throne unto me because now I'm the representative of the kingdom of God on earth. I am what people see when they want to know what does Jesus look like? What does Jesus do? What does Jesus say? What does Jesus think? What does Jesus watch? What does Jesus do in his spare time? Hey, this is what he looks like. 
going to share. I'm going to share about Baby Anna. That's okay. You know, uh, for those of you that are guests, you. Uh, how long ago has that been? How old is she now? Okay, so baby Anna, who was born last March 28th, here's the deal, she was born at 20 weeks. 20 weeks. I know there's, have you ever seen, have you seen the thing on Facebook where the 21-week-year-old baby survives? We know a 20-week-year-old baby that's still surviving. And I love the testimony of Diana, her mother, when the doctor said, this is an unviable fetus. Didn't even bother to use the term baby. This is an unviable fetus. We can't do anything. And as that baby was born, Diana began to declare. She didn't pray. She didn't ask God. She, did, she just began to say, Anna, live. In Espanol, Anna, Live, Anna, live, life, Anna. And she's alive. <laughs> yeah. It's just another powerful example. If you want to know more about the story, you can talk to Kim or Tommy right here. They'd probably love to tell you one more time. Um, to hear that whole story a little bit more about it. But here's the deal. There's, there's power in our words. There's power when we declare things. And again, it's not to be used. People got off track in this teaching a while ago, right? They started, they started getting into like declaring that, you know, I get a Cadillac or something. It's like, well, here's the deal. God may give you Cadillac. I'm not saying God doesn't want Cadillacs. I mean, I don't. I don't like that brand. But um, I'll take a Mercedes or something, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't really care, actually. But, you know, it's like you got off track because it's like it's, you got to be connected to the Father's heart and the will of God. That's when the declaration matters. It's, that's because it's, it's on earth as it is in heaven. I don't want on earth as it is in earth to be released. And so I don't want anything on earth that's for me to be released by the power of my words. I want what's on, in heaven to be released on earth. Amen? All right, stand up. We're going to declare over you. We're going to declare peace. We're going to declare life. But I, I encourage you to use this teaching. Don't say, that was cool. That was awesome. That was, wow, that was a good message, Pastor. Have a great afternoon. You can tell me that. It's fine. But I want you to actually do this. I want you, in, the next time you're praying, finish your ask. Do your asking. That's fine. But ask God, hey, is there something you just want me to say? Is there just something you want me to declare? And there's sometimes where God says, hey, speak this. And you begin to declare it. He might say, hey, you're praying for a family member. Hey, just begin to declare revelation over them. Just begin to declare truth over them. Just begin to declare peace over them. Whatever it may be. You, maybe where you say, I'm declaring that confusion is going to be gone from their life. Whatever that may be, use it. Use it, use it, use it. Declare the kingdom of God in your life. Next time you're praying for someone, you might need to not ask. You might need to just say, let this happen. Again, it, as we heard Wednesday night, to people who are insecure, someone who is walking in faith looks like they're arrogant. You're like, man, how can that guy say that? And 
And what's, you know, but here's the deal. If you're walking in faith, it might look like arrogance to someone who's insecure. But if you know your heart is connected to God and you're submitted to Him, it's not arrogance. It's, it's, it's actually humility. You're walking in your place of authority, your God-given place of authority. So right now, God, I just declare an openness in every person's life. Lord, I declare an openness in these hearts and minds to release the power of the kingdom, God. We want to release your heart. We want to release your love. We want to release your peace. Our, our world sure needs peace, God. If we would just walk around releasing peace all over the place, that would not be a bad thing, God. And so we thank you that the kingdom of God is, is not just talk, it's power. And so we thank you for releasing the power of God through your people as we declare your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, God. Let us get to know your will. Let us get to know your hearts better. Better and better, Lord. I, I declare, Lord, that every single person in here will have an intimate connection with Father God. We declare that everything that has hindered us in the past has been removed, Lord, that we can enter your presence without fear because of the blood of Jesus. And so we honor you today, O oh Lord. We honor you today. And God, we ask you to lead us. We know that you're going to lead us. Holy Spirit, we invite you to fill us because it's your, your heart and your words and your power that's released. It's not ours. We just get to participate in it. And so we thank you for that. And right now, Lord, we just, we just, if, if you're in agreement with this, if you want this, just place your hand on your mouth right now. If, if you say, I'm in agreement with this message that was preached today. If you're not, that's okay. I'm not looking around. If you're not ready, that's fine. But if you are, put your hand in your mouth. We just say, Lord, use my mouth to release heaven on earth. May my mouth be connected to your will and your heart and release your words on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. If you can help deliver some food, um, we're going to meet back here and Mr. Shane will help lead us over, over here across the way to deliver some food baskets. Ladies meeting tonight for ladies at 6 p.m. right down the hall.